There's something about dystopian sci-fi films that have made us terrified of artificial intelligence. And probably for very good reason. Um, I mean, I'm terrified of all of the fascists slowly and steadily making millions and taking over the world, pumping out bigotry on news networks and making misogyny a normal thing to put on the front page of a newspaper. I mean, there's lots of things to be fearful of, even more intelligence being put in the hands of those people who maybe lack some intelligence some of the time. But that's a whole other monologue for a whole other podcast. Um, This podcast is about how musicians can embrace some of the powers of ChatGPT, which is one of the most talked about things in tech over the last few months. It is essentially a chatbot, which means a bit like being on MSN Messenger or BBM if you had a BlackBerry or, you know, iMessage or WhatsApp if you're a bit more modern. Um, You type something in and it gives you a response. And that response is coming from a computer, but it's not really coming from a computer. It's coming from millions of computers like someone has walked into a library and all of the world's knowledge is in there and it's read all the books and you ask it a question and it gives you the answer so i think short circuit the movie if you've seen that like when he speed reads all those books that to me in my head is what it looks like at one point in this conversation i talk about wally the pixar robot that's like left on our dystopian planet after humans pollute it and everything goes bad which is actually like an incredible thing to think that kids are being shown that and like loving it as a film and then probably (laughs) gonna have to grow up in a world where if we don't address a lot of the problems that that could be the planet that they inherit um again another rant for another monologue for another podcast um there's something i really like about this conversation with david that he says quite early on he starts talking about in the old world What he doesn't mean years ago, he doesn't mean before we had laptops, he doesn't mean um, before the electric guitar, he literally means before November, before ChatGPT went live, in earnest actually from what I understand, I think there's an even better version of it, like the next version of it is available soon. Currently the data that you can access is based on stuff going up to 2021 so if you ask it a question about Liz Truss the UK Prime Minister it won't know that she was Prime Minister because it doesn't have that information in its database I'm not saying that I've done that but that might be one of the things I just played around and tested and it won't know certain bits of information because it's been kind of trained and it stopped and by trained I kind of mean that like short circuit the books it's read has all been up to that point the way it's able to assimilate like understanding um i don't know french so that it can translate something for you but then being able to understand the difference between certain dialects or the way in which it has read cookery books and knows all the different ways you could use an aubergine um i am just freestyling different things which and it's limitless and i could literally talk about lots of things but yeah so he talks about in the old world and that's how much chat gpt has changed things for him in that there's literally been this like technicolor moment of suddenly all the world's knowledge is at his fingertips. And what he's an expert in, and the reason I really want to talk to him, is writing the prompt that you put in. So asking the question. I, I thought this podcast um, would be helpful because I read a really brilliant tweet from the composer Hannah Peel 
And if you don't know her records, honestly, go out and listen to them. She's an extraordinary talent. She was nominated for the Mercury Prize. But she managed to sum something up so simply. She said, music now is 90% admin, 10% making music. And what I want to do is make that 90% of admin a lot less. Because partly I might get more records by Hannah Peel. But mostly because I think musicians spend a lot of time and energy going down dead ends. They spend a lot of time trying to understand the complexities of a very broken, upside down, intentionally complex industry. Um, One of the things that I'm always fearful of is musicians getting a bit of advice and then thinking that's what they need to do for like months at a time, not really towards any goal that's growing them a fan base or making their music better. Like often it's playing the Spotify algorithm and various things like that. I think that the one key takeaway I had from this episode is David says he thinks of it as a tool for thinking as well as writing. And I definitely, definitely think that that's the way I've been using it. And I think the thing to, to consider is, like, if you open up the app now, I will it'll be linked in the bio here, but if you just search for ChatGPT, you'll find it. There's a few others that are very similar. It seems to be integrated with Microsoft's Bing as well. And also, Literally, just as I started um, recording this introduction, I've seen that Spotify are going to be integrating some of the technology to introduce songs on AI-generated radio and have a AI voice maker read the scripts based on information. Um, But I think their editors are going to be a bit more involved in what that information is. So hopefully it will all be correct and shipshape. One last thing. (laughs) And that last thing is this conversation inspired a book um, Prompt was already a book that David had co-written and I don't know how but in the space of time between recording and editing this they've taken loads of the different things we discussed in here and done an edit of the book just for artists so um, if you have a little look in the description you'll find out how you can get hold of that um, right let's get into it chat GPT I'm pretty focused on like practical uses. How can it help me today? Yeah. And what do I need to worry about today or wherever the next week or two, you know, yeah. the rest of the stuff is for somebody else. Have you got to open another tab? <laughs> I do actually all yeah. day, every day, a hundred percent. Yeah. Would you like to introduce yourself to begin with? Yeah. I'm David Boyle and my background is in audience understanding for lots of big brands like BBC. HarperCollins in books and EMI music. I love music and yet my passion is understanding audiences. So you have co-written a book called Prompt, which I've been following you online and getting lots of tips. I think the first thing I saw that you shared, which really showed how writing a good prompt was important, was how to write a kid's book. And you had very specific briefs, lots of bullet points, lots of notes on who the author was. Um, obviously, there's been that big story of Nick Cave and him talking about how ChatGPT isn't that good. Can you just begin by just sort of talking about the input, what then happens to then create an output? Now, I think that might be really helpful for people. Yeah, and actually that children's story is a really good example because if I remember rightly, I'm on version five of that now and version one was really not very good. I think a lot of people start with something like a version one. You you, you ask ask it to do something relatively simple you're not very clear what it is that you want you're not very clear you know what the context is and it does its best but without context and without clear instruction just like anybody you ask for help it gets a little bit lost maybe it waffles a little bit 
or um, or it provides something that's just not that clear. So what it's doing is it's doing its best to understand what you're trying to do, and then it's doing its best to, to predict like what will make you happy, what words in what order will make you happy. So like anyone, the clearer you can be with what you want and what you're looking for and how you want it to be, the, the, the clearer it can be, the, the better it can match your brief. So yeah, one of the big lessons for me is if you start out and it doesn't do something that you're very impressed by, your assumption should be that your prompt wasn't very good rather than that it can't handle that request. Um, That's a really big lesson. So my understanding is how this artificial intelligence works is what AI stands for in case people haven't clocked that bit. Um, it goes off, searches different databases, different language models. And I think the term language model feels a bit nerdy and a bit kind of jargony. So maybe we should need to explain what that means. But it goes off. So for instance, I tried to get it to do something on Saturday of, I was putting together a playlist of songs inspired by Sylvia Plath. And I wanted it to go away and find music that had drawn influence from Sylvia Plath. And what it actually did was presented me with probably I asked it for 30 songs and it presented me with about 10 which were actually correct like I think there was an Antlers song and I'd forgotten Hospice was loosely inspired by Sylvia Plath and um, I'd already started this playlist so I'd kind of like it was quite nice to see, see some of the things already picked was in there but then it started making things up and I'm guessing what it did is it read an interview with Kate Bush and her talking about how much she loves the bell jar and just assumed that she must have a song called that um, similarly, I did something like that with St. Vincent and there's like, or Hayley from Paramore and it's like, they don't have those songs. So, so can, can you sort of explain, so you're talking to this, like you're on Instant Messenger, it goes away and I, it, like in my head, it's like Wally's running off and collecting something and another Wally's going another direction and they're stitching it together. How would you sort of explain what it's doing? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good explanation. The difference is I think it's already done that. It's already been off and read all the books for you and read all the reviews and scraped the internet. It's already done all that. That's its what they call its training. Wow. Um, so think of it as an artificial brain that's read the internet. It's a good way to think about it. Like short um, circuit. Yeah, it's read the whole internet and it's ready. It's just sat there ready for you. And when you ask a question, it kind of looks up all the words that you've asked in your, well, your prompt. Uh, looks up all the words in your prompt, looks up what words go together in your prompts and, and, and the way you structured your sentences. And it says, huh, given everything I've learned, what do I think Sean wants to hear? Um, and if there's really clear facts that it's learned that, are, that, that feel like they go really well, it'll, it'll pull the facts together and sh share them with you. But like you say, it'll also draw inferences and, um, and be clever about words. So maybe there's some songs that like allude to uh, the kind of uh, yeah. influences that you're looking for, and and it's thinking, huh? They feel like they answer the question, and so it's it's doing all these clever inferences as well as looking up facts. Yeah, and one of the big problems is it's impossible to tell when it's giving you a fact versus when it's giving you a clever inference that, yeah. that feels like a fact. Absolutely impossible. So one golden rule is you always have to check fact check the results yourself so get great stuff out of it but then go away and look them up yourself it's a bit of a pain and i actually got it to say i can't find any song is that are you sure this is correct and it came back saying no this is an incorrect answer um and i think it often gives you the answer you want to hear one of my favorite stories so far is i was chatting to a musician and she thought it'd be fun to get it to write her new biog and what it started to do was it picked like facts and stats from interviews and things but then it started making up song titles 
but they were plausible song titles of songs that she could write and it was just quite funny because she's now like maybe i should write that song if that's what ai thinks a song title should be so i kind of like that like collaborating with your past self and future self um one of the things i started to discover from partly going down a tiktok hole that's decided that chat gpt is something i'm interested in was writing in the first sentence you're a dentist with 20 years experience in dental work what do you think this problem is with my tooth and gives you a very different answer to what i've got this problem with my tooth like how how does it kind of make those kind of distinctions and changes yeah that's a really good question and a lot of people are doing that type of prompt and it does feel like it gives you a better result i have to say i think there's probably a lot of um hope in um in prompting as well like if I write this, I hope it gives me a better result. Yeah. And it's really hard to tell. So I do that, though, definitely. I say, hey, imagine you're a market researcher with 10 years of experience and you're an expert at qualitative research. And then I ask it the question and I yeah. feel like it's given me a better result. I think if you think of it in really simple terms, back to my other description, what it does is to look at all the words you've shared and, and the way they go together to the word market next to the word research. And that helps it to narrow down the places it should look. It helps it to narrow down the types of phrase it should use. And it says, what are all the words that usually go with the phrase market research? Because probably he wants some words that feel like that. So I think of it all just as context as well. I don't think it specifically does what you're asking. It doesn't specifically say, okay, let me pretend I'm a dentist. Yeah. But what it does do is say, what are the kind of words that go with the word dentist? You know, yeah. which actually achieves a similar result. Because I found some like nicer things of... Like he wrote, he wrote something for me, and I said, "Now write it in the style of Hemingway." And like because someone like that's writing style's been analysed, or um, I had I had quite a bit of fun actually. I was trying to find a film to watch, and rather than using normal recommendations engines, I've had this idea for ages of um, I want to pick a film based on artists I like being on the soundtrack. So obviously, it's smart enough to go off to like Discogs or Amazon or somewhere and look at the soundtracks. So it was like, recommend five films featuring Cat Power on the soundtrack, um, but write it as a blog post by a film critic. So it wrote me this really nice, like thoughtful kind of summaries of the films. And um, But then I was like, I've seen all, like, I think I was like, I'd seen all five of these, pick five less popular movies. And it came back with five more films with Cat Power on the soundtrack. And, um, and I think thinking about the input to get those outputs I mean, there's a chance it picked films that she's not on the soundtrack to. I didn't triple check all of it. But I think that's the bit where I started to think it'd be good to talk to you because lots of independent musicians, I mean, there's 100,000 tracks being released every single week at the moment. So a lot of artists trying to get their music heard, trying to be self-sufficient. Lots of managers and people running record labels like me, people doing podcasts. And like, we can't afford an assistant. We can't afford all the time to do all the research. And I think one of the things that you're using the tech for quite a bit is to help with your research. So to sort of augment it rather than lead it, would that make sense? Yeah, I think it enhances the abilities you already have or it amplifies the abilities you already have. And so if you have a little bit of research now, then it will multiply that and make it a little bit better. Right. I think you see problems when you try and apply it in areas where you've got no skill. So I'm not a musician. If I tried to use it to write a song, it would be garbage because right. it's multiplying a lack of ability and just, just ending up with noise. Um, but yeah, I think as long as you've got some curiosity about a topic and some passion, then it will help you get further 
quicker and better in that area, definitely. Wow. And you touched on something really important in what you said before, which I think is another kind of golden lesson, which is to not accept what it gives you the first time. You almost never want to say, okay, that's its best effort, let me pause there. You almost always want to say, huh, be bolder, be clearer, give me more, give me mm. more niche answers, give me more mainstream answers, give me more popular answers, you know, reword yeah. it in this style. You almost always want to do that. So that's a really, really important lesson. Because my gut feeling when I started kind of digging more into AI a few years ago, and when things like Dali appeared, obviously there's big criticisms of these kind of whereabouts is this training data from but like is that training data any different than listening to or reading all these different sources to get your knowledge but i started to think is this going to liberate some people because in an almost kind of like punk rock way if it can make you more self-sufficient so for instance i tried to use it to write a contract and it was actually reasonably good i'm guessing somewhere along its training data it knows what should be in a if you're going to license a song for a compilation album what should be in there and as long as I know that the terms need to be certain to sorts of things and it had complex language in there, so I got it to explain sentences to me, which actually for me was better than feeling a bit stupid talking to a lawyer and being charged for it. Um, and I don't know whether I'm actually going to use the contract and if it would be legally binding, but at least I kind of looked at it and thought, well, this is quite a liberating use for the technology. But my my experience of using it and not being very specific makes me wonder if we're going to hit this like coldplayization of data where everything kind of sits in the middle unless you kind of give it the right input so for instance i asked it to write a social media plan um for a brand new single just to see what it would do and it was the most boring simple kind of it was like tell your fans that it's available on spotify type of suggestions because obviously the question i put in didn't give it very much information of the input the output the audience so um how do we avoid it being bland yeah that's a great question and a really great observation and i think a couple of things you've already said i think will do the job there and i think the first is you know it's best to use it in areas where you already have some skill so i have no legal skill whatsoever so I could spin up a contract, but I would have no, I've got no ability to judge whether it's good or bad or what's missing. So for me, that's probably not a good way for me to use it. Um, but yeah, I'm not musical at all, so I shouldn't use it to write a song, as I said earlier. Um, but if you want to learn how to write a contract or learn about it, if you're not just trying to do the thing, but if you're trying to learn the thing, then it can really help you because then it can explain terms and then it can educate you and you can ask, well, what other terms sometimes go in contracts, but not always? Or where are the main points of contention in a contract? Or or you can put in a contract you've been given and say, um, I was sent this, you know, which of these terms seem strange to you and unusual? And it will highlight them for you. Um, but you've got yeah. to have some curiosity or some innate ability or, or, or a willingness to learn. And that, then it's a good partner for you. So I think that's the first yeah, thing. And I think that's, I think that is the thing, isn't it? Think about it as a partner, like not, it's like, it's a, bandmate not your band yeah and it comes back to the other point that we made i think right which is iterate and ask questions so you get your social media plan and the first version is bland then say huh you know this is bland this is boring i want to be edgier than this but then you're giving it direction or, or you say i want to be more controversial you say i want to target this audience what does this audience think or feel or want to see or you could say uh, what what are some what have some other artists done that were particularly exciting in terms of social media planning 
And then you're going to get a much more interesting plan out. So I think between like those two lessons of like, do things you're good at or go on a journey of learning with a partner on the other side, the other lesson being like, ask questions, iterate, push it, tell it when you don't like it. I think in both cases, you'll get to a really good answer. So say for instance, you wanted to dig into what another campaign has done or other artists have done. How would you begin with like writing a prompt? Like for instance, if you want, like, so one of the things I've been trying to find is radio stations in France and Germany um, that play some Vincent and Anna Calvi and similar artists. Like how would you approach kind of using that as a kind of research tool? Yeah, that's a great question. I've not thought of that use case. Yeah. Um, my first, my first feeling on that topic, by the way, is to be a little worried because what you're doing is close to asking for factual knowledge. And, um, and that's one thing I'm always a little bit wary of, like, give me a list of radio stations that satisfy this criteria. That's a fact. And, and we talked earlier about how it, it likes to come up with plausible things, which might not be real. So my gut would be maybe some of those radio stations are not real, but they sound like they are <laughs> and things like that. So my first thing is to watch out there or, um, doesn't mean don't do it, but it means be careful about that wow. type of use case. Um, but yeah, I think you're on the right lines. It's definitely worth trying. And I'm constantly surprised trying new things when it actually does deliver. Um, I would say, uh, describe your audience really clearly if you can, or is describe your audience. Like who are you trying to reach? Describe your artist, maybe like I, I, my artist is X, they do Y and Z and they're a bit similar to these other ones. Give it all that extra context. Um, yeah, and then ask it for more niche stations or more regional stations or, you know, just push it and push it and probe it. But yeah, it feels like a, a fun use case. I had not thought of that one. And the um, angle I approached that sorry. topic was, um, I said, in preparation for this, I was thinking about use cases and I said, hey, how does Fortet market his music? Um, what would be, what are some things he's famous for in terms of marketing uh, styles or uh, strategies or tactics and with a few prompts and nudges and questions I got what looked to me like a really thoughtful guide to like market your, market your music in the way Fortet does um, so that's another angle you could go down as well pick an artist you admire and interrogate it can, um, about, can you flag uh, that up and tell us a few things that it told you yeah let's see if they're any good or not shall yeah. we um, yeah so I mean he mostly posts a picture of him in his laptop going here's my band um, and okay. announces five pound shows. Uh, I'm trying to think of, I'm sure he does lots. I mean, his music's amazing, which is obviously the main marketing tool. That is half the problem. Um, but unfortunately it's only half the problem and you've got to get marketing right as well. Otherwise yeah. you're, uh, you're in, often in trouble. So, um, strong presence on social media. That's not very exciting. Thank you very much. Chat um. GPT, but it says he regularly posts updates, um, about his music and that's not interesting as well uh, sh often shares behind the scenes glimpses of his creative process such as video clips of him working on music in the studio feels true and useful yeah um live events dynamic and immersive live events which uh, that was his, sh his show with those lights at alexandra palace is one of the greatest things i've ever seen the uh boxing ring and being surrounded by lights which were like swarming um was amazing i was there as well was anything revelationary in that in his uh in chat gpt's understanding of fortet's marketing 
So I've got three or four different versions of the query right. and th- a different uh, different angles on it. I don't and, think there's anything revolutionary. No, I think what it was is um, it was much better than the bland version yeah. which you otherwise get. Um, I think that there were there were some relatively simple lessons in there, but ones I think you might not have otherwise yeah. thought of or joined together in your head. So often it'll give you things, yeah, and you have to take it with a pinch of salt, maybe, or be creative in your interpretation of it. So I read it through the first time thinking, oh, okay, yeah, I hadn't quite thought of that. That's interesting. And yeah, I could apply that in a creative way. Um, but yeah, looking back on it now, I'd say, oh, no, nothing that's mind, mind-bendingly innovative, but yeah. it was enough to get you going and thinking and spark some inspiration and, and challenge and get the mind thinking. And a, a lot of people say this to me as well about this, which is, huh, what it's done is it's solved the blank page problem, which is I don't have to write a marketing plan. I have one, and now I can improve it. I don't have to write a contract. Now I have one. So just having a first version, even if it's bad, is a huge step forward and a huge way to engage the brain. So you're, now you're thinking about what's wrong or what's not innovative. So no, looking at it now, nothing too exciting. But at the time I thought, oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of that. I think the thing that I found it useful for is when you feel like you got your face to the window and everything's so zoomed in that you can't really see it. Well, that's not the right idiom, is it? But I'm sure it's close enough that people understand what I mean. But it kind of being able to zoom out a bit and actually like sometimes those real basic foundational things. Um, like one of the things I find as a manager is you often only have to do something like once every like six or ten years. And so you're not really that much of an expert in certain types of deals or like for instance I don't really know where to go like I haven't had to do visas for artists for years and like at some point I'm gonna have to dig into all of that and like I might have a load of questions that are so specific to artists that I'm probably better off speaking to the musicians union but even feeling confident I'm going to be asking the right questions when I speak to someone and getting the most out of the call and um, like that idea of having something something that's already pre-chiseled to kind of finish off the details on is i guess the draft kind of a mentality isn't it yeah i find that there's lots of tasks that i, I was perfectly capable of doing them in the old world perfectly capable of doing them but they're my phrase is always that they're, they're quicker they're better and they're clearer now for me uh, so i do them more often like social media marketing plan i totally could have written one if i'd sat down but it would have been a bit of a chore uh, I would have put it off a little bit. Uh, now you get it today, same day you ask for it, and it's better than it would have been because even though it's not revolutionary, there's a few things in there I would have forgotten yeah. if I'd written it from scratch. Um, and it's clearer because at least it's really well-worded. I mean, it's very well-worded. Um, so that's a huge step forward. I'm, I'm waiting for the other version. So I find I jump into tasks like that with with some joy now, or gen- yeah. genuine joy, whereas I, it would have been a chore in the old world, which was November. Yeah, <laughs> the old world, November. And we are currently speaking in February 2023. Um, so like that, that's one of the things that I've found with it, that being able to almost like jam with an idea, like I'm, I'm not someone that necessarily thinks like jazz, but sometimes having that ability to, like I quite liked getting it to argue something and then giving me the opposite argument um because then you can then or like you can paste in this is what i've written what would be um a smarter way of or a more succinct way of saying this or 
Like I got it with the first podcast, I put the entire transcript in and I got it to summarize each section. Um, and then, then once it had done each section of the chat, so kind of like a waterfall of conversation at the end, I was like, now summarize the entire conversation. The small flaws were when I asked it to pull out quotes from the chat, it didn't know the difference between the conversation transcripts and things it had written in the summary. So the best Paul quotes were all from the summaries and not from the actual transcript. So again, that's probably down to me not writing the, the prompts correctly. And like, so there's probably a, I'm sure as the tech evolves, that's all going to become a bit more user friendly to do. Well, you have um, to go back and record the podcast to put those quotes in now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, they were not my ones. The um, Though with Descript, um, which I use to edit the podcast now, I've created a deep fake of my own voice. Um, and I've, I've replaced like a couple of words just to see what it's like. And it's pretty amazing. Like if you've, if I trail off on a sentence and like move away from the mic and you can't hear what I've said, I can just drop it in. And that's, yeah, that's some of the artificial intelligence stuff, which is very intriguing. <laughs> that's amazing. I read about that, but I've not tried that one yet. There's, there's too many to try them uh, every day. I mean, literally every day there's exciting new AIs that I want to try. And I'm spending a lot of my time on this topic and I can't, I just can't yeah. play with them all. It's amazing. So I guess outside of ChatGPT, we should probably talk about some of the other useful things because I think writing a great prompt seems to be the key to, for instance, the first time I used Dali, which is the image, one of the image generator ones, which is made by the same people. Um, I started playing around with recreate the cover of Joy Division's Unknown Pleasures if it was painted by Turner. So it merged the Turner painting and, and the kind of radio waves from that cover and started. But I also started to find that it didn't have enough notes to understand Ralph Steadman's style. And like, if you put in something like Jenny Savile, it didn't really know what Jenny Savile's style of art was. So it was kind of limited. Whereas if you ask it to do something around a video game, it's got loads more training data because it's probably a lot more screenshots in Google Images or wherever it's all come from. Um, which which other things have you found that kind of getting the good prompts and using it that's been really either fun or useful or time saving? Because because I guess my view is if we can all get to a four day week because AI is doing one day a week's worth of our work, um, it's not so much the um, fear of something else coming over and taking our jobs. But I think there is a bit of the very dull automated kind of things where like trying to trying to summarize a thousand words in a tweet that that i can do and if it give me 15 options i can pick the best one um, yeah I, I think for most things during your day they're going to be better quicker clearer and more fun uh, if you use this most text-based tasks wow. I think that, full stop and um yeah whether it's contracts or marketing plans or emails doesn't matter i think if you get really really good at this my promise my expectation is that all those tasks are better, clearer, quicker, and more fun. And that's huge. A professor at a US business school I was talking to said he reckoned it would be about 20 or 30% saving of executive time, all executives, if they really mastered this, which is your one day a week on the beach. Right. I strongly suspect people won't take one day a week on the beach. I strongly suspect they'll do more work and take on more clients or more artists or or, or do more marketing in more places as a result. So I strongly suspect, although it'll be more fun to do your work, you'll end up doing more and therefore being more stressed. Uh -huh. uh, but let's see. I hope people take one day a week on the beach and 
keep the same level of productivity. I think that's a possibility, absolutely a possibility. But my strong advice, if you want the real benefits with any technology, is to master it. And so for me, it's been almost entirely about ChatGPT, which is one thing that can help me with almost everything I do. And I think of it as thinking as well as writing. Like uh-huh. we talked about this already, but it helps you think through ideas. You bounce ideas around, even if you don't take its output or use its output. It's a partner to help you think. So for me, thinking and writing. Um, and I, yeah, and really master it, get really good at prompts, get really good at giving feedback and knowing when to use it and when not to. That's by far the biggest benefit. Pick one thing and get really, really, really good at it. Images are great. Um, I use Midjourney instead, which is a bit similar. Yeah. It's baked into Discord, so it's on the phone and you can just mess like a message it and get the image back. It feels like it's easier to use for me. So I use that one for images. And they're the two I use almost exclusively. Uh, but there's a long tail of other things. Um, there's, a, there's five or ten now um, that will summarize a YouTube video for you. So if you have a YouTube video, you're not really sure you want to devote ten minutes to it. Wow. You push a button and you get a nice little summary. You can ask questions like, give me the highlights, which artists were mentioned in this video. Stuff like that, right? Uh, so there's a very specific set of YouTube-related ones. Uh, there's one where it plugs into Google Sheets. I'm a data nerd, so uh, anything you've got in Google Sheets, a list of artists, a list of restaurants, a list of friends, um, you can put a little formula in the sheet and say, for this restaurant, please pick three others that are nearby, or for this yeah. artist, please give me recommendations of their of the highest rated album. I don't know. Uh, but if you want data sorted in sheets and tables and stuff, there's, there's one is, that's really, really good for that. Is that how you did the taking a menu and doing the like tasting notes or ingredients or whatever you did, which I thought was really smart? There was like a cocktail menu. Yeah, because it and really it it's, told you what they all tasted like. The very personal problem, right? Which is that yeah. I just, I do not like big complicated words. And restaurants and, and bars often like to use very complicated words. And so, yeah, just put in the copy and paste the, um, the menu in and just say, look, explain this to me like I'm a five-year-old. All these big words go away and you can really uh, understand it for the first time. So it's a genuine use case. It's also very funny. Uh, yeah, but that, that kind of thing is great. But look, if you're not big into spreadsheets, don't worry about it. Um, but uh, if you are, then get really, really good at that. Um, and then there's a few different ones. The next area I'd be interested in, there's a few different ones where you can load in your documents or maybe your YouTube videos or maybe your um, uh, any reports you're working on or your files and it'll, it'll kind of train themselves on you or your documents and you can ask questions about your history or your way of thinking or your um, your reports that you're working on. So that, they're kind of interesting but also a little, you know, a little bit niche as well. And would that have been, because I think I've seen some like personalized ones would that have got a better result when Nick Cave said these lyrics are awful? Like, would it have would it have better understood? For instance, I was thinking if I was writing a prompt to write a Nick Cave lyric, I'd probably want um, it to first analyze the lyrics of Nick Cave in the first prompt, then suggest that you are Nick Cave. You've just read this beautiful book by Don DeLillo, um, and it's raining outside and you want to write a song about something in particular and then get it to write the lyrics and then go, you need to make these more in the style of a different writer or 
because I think the if you just ask it to write lyrics in the style of Nick Cave, they're pretty bland, aren't they? I think that is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant summary of how to go about it. And there's a lot of lessons in there. So yeah, n- number one, you said brief it and, and actually get it to think through the topic in question before you ask it to do the work. So on the mark, going back to our marketing plan analogy, uh, might be better to say, huh, what are all of the different ingredients to a social media marketing plan? Uh, and then ask it to write a social media marketing plan. The same with the contract. What are okay. 10 things that are really important to get right in an artist's contract? Then ask it to write the contract. So yeah, I bet that pre-thinking, pre-elaboration, is, I bet that's very, very useful. And then, yeah, I'm certain, if I would bet, that with the right set of prompts, and that you're right, it's a set in a string rather than um, just one, I would bet it could write a very good uh, very good Nick Cave song, actually. I okay. bet that it could. Uh, but but I feel very uncomfortable saying that because one thing I said earlier, I've got no musical talent, uh, and so I'm not qualified to judge, and I'm not qualified to give it feedback, and I'm not qualified to work out what the right prompt is. Um, but I'm yet to find an area where a subject matter expert uh, can't make it do something that is astounding to them. And this happened to me with the artist the other day, an electronic music producer. Um, and he started off pretty skeptical about the role of chat GPT in his life. Um, and then two days later, he was sending me screenshots of, um, of chord progressions that, that it was suggesting to him. And he'd worked out how to give it the right context, the right prompts. And, and I said, I have no idea what you're sending me. Like, is that good or bad? And he said, it's effing remarkable. Yeah. Um, and so I no idea whether that's possible or not and he told me that it was so yeah i do think it can do anything if you put the right prompts and the right coaching and guidance in there and is that because it treats music as a language model so we didn't i don't think we totally explained what a language model was but i guess it's like in the same way it could say can you write this now in french or could you write this in 20th um 18th century french it kind of knows what that that kind of subgenre is is that what it's doing with taking music and thinking this is something with a certain set of kind of grammar and because that's why it's really good at writing code because code is kind of just grammatical sentences with different full stops and brackets and things isn't it yeah i think that's a good way of thinking about it yeah it's very good at finding patterns things that go together and so how did it know to suggest that chord progression well maybe a bunch of people in on reddit had been talking about how chord progressions work and uh, in electronic music and for this particular subgenre of electronic music and maybe it was mimicking some of what they had said and, and riffing off it a little bit uh, maybe maybe not though maybe it just had read loads of chord progressions and worked out what kind of patterns that, that happen and found some underlying pattern there which enabled it to work it out from first principles like maybe yeah, and it's very, very good at programming. Um, it's very good at languages. Yeah, and pa- apparently it's good at, at music if you ask it the right questions as well. But the same way I, anyone can play guitar, it's like anyone can use ChatGPT, but not everyone can play like Johnny Greenwood. Like, I think that's possibly the uh, first time I've really understood how to explain the technology. So just digging in just back one step, you were talking about, um, which I guess is almost exactly how you talk to the app. I, re- I realised that I might, someone might think it's actually the app interviewing you. Um, when you talked about the marketing plan, one of the things I thought was quite interesting is once you've kind of trained its focus on who you are and what you're trying to get out of it, if it then gives you like, you should do these kind of posts on TikTok, 
you can then go suggest 10 topics that I should be posting about on TikTok and then suggest, write five, give me five options of opening lines or scripts or topics, things. So you can kind of go from the very big, broad funnel right down to the very specific kind of post if you kind of understand that you're following this kind of path but it's kind of got the knowledge from the conversation you're in so it knows that you're a certain type of artist and like maybe you tell it that you've got you've got one light and um a, a microphone so it kind of knows you do something to a certain stand i don't know all the different bits it's going to kind of keep in its mind um is that the sort of thing that you start to use it for when you're doing a marketing plan with it do you sort of like it tells you you need to be tweeting every day so ask it to tell you 30 different things you could be tweeting about yeah absolutely and i would start before all of that actually as well my passion is audiences so i would start by getting really clear who you're trying to engage um what audience it is so i would say something like hey i'm an artist uh, in x genre uh, if it knows you that's great use your name if it doesn't know you uh, that's fine use some other artists who are similar and i would say who had five different audiences that I could target? And then then hopefully I'll come up with some exciting, interesting, thoughtful audiences. And the more specific you can be there, the better. And then pick one and say, okay, I really want to reach that audience right there. Think about the kind of media content and um, and, and creative stuff that they love and how do they spend their time. Get it to elaborate on all that and say, okay, how can I be relevant to them? What could I do that would engage that audience? Give me the strategies to start with, then drill down to the tactics and then drill down to the specific uh, yeah, words or phrases or keywords or uh, SEO optimized um, um, articles or YouTube scripts that would really work for that audience. So yeah, right from one end, the strategy, like who am I trying to reach right down to the other end? You talked about something there as well. We've touched on it a couple of times. I think we should um, explain to people that if, in chat GPT, if you're in one chat session, um, then it remembers quite a lot of what you've talked about. We'll, we'll pick up that in a second. If you start a new chat session and the little plus button, start a new chat, it forgets everything, totally forgets everything and starts again. So that's useful sometimes. If you're in one chat though, its memory is about 3000 words. Okay. So if you end up with a, quite a lot of thinking and, and going through this whole progression, it does remember everything, but at a higher and higher level of abstraction. Uh -huh. So it's going to remember the the spirit of the quotes from the from the podcast, but it is thrown away all the detail so that it can keep the keep within its three thousand word limit. Um, so that's partly why the quotes didn't work. In the, in okay, the, that the makes example. sense. Um, and that's why it's, a good trick is to start a new chat session. Um, for each task so that it's got a much higher resolution memory for what's going on in those chat sessions. So there's times when you want to just keep one chat going and elaborate and expand, but there's also times you want to start fresh in a new, a new session as well. So it's some sort of ancient goldfish that can only think back 3,000 words. And sometimes that's really useful. Mm. You, you, you want to cram as much in, and sometimes you just want to reset that memory and start again mm -hmm. uh, in, a, in a whole new chat session. But even if you start a new chat session, you can still paste in some of the old chat sessions to bring it up to speed on roughly what you were talking about. So you could have two or three chats that go in slightly different directions. In in a kind of um, 3D printer, printing a 3D printer kind of style, do you use it to help you write your prompts? Yeah, actually. So one of the first things I did when I was thinking about, like, how can artists use this? I just, I, I pasted in an 
a whole list of different things artists need to do, like find a manager, uh, distribution services, market their music. Just like a whole list I have, like 30 or 50 different things artists do. Well, I just said, hey, for each of these things, come up with 10 prompts that an artist could use to help them to do that thing. Um, and it came up with quite a thoughtful list, actually, for each yeah. of them. So, yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'm interested in, uh, uh, I need to do a contract for an artist. How can you help me with that? What are the what are the many different ways you could help me with that? And it will tell you, well, I could write it for you. I could give you advice. I can give you feedback on the contract. I can help you find a lawyer. You know, I can train you in the law. Yeah, ask it for help. It'll tell you how it can help you. Okay, that's that's interesting. So my 3D printer printing a 3D printer thing is kind of how it can work. Yeah, it is, I think so. If the artificial intelligence is intelligent enough to tell you which question to ask it to get the better answer. Like and it will argue with you as well when it wants to. I had a little row with mine earlier, mm. and um, I had a really strong idea about this analogy I uh, I really like, which is it amplifies your talents. Mm. And then, so I was saying, hey, um, I think AIs amplify talents, and therefore, if you've got no talent in a certain area, like me in music, um, then it's amplifying noise. And it said, well, yeah, kind of, but also I could teach you how to do music if you want me to. <laughs> so that's not quite <laughs> true, David. I was like. Yeah, but that doesn't help me tell the story. I'm like, get rid of that. Just focus on my bit. And he's like, no, but I can help you in all these ways. I went, okay, you've changed my mind. Fair enough. Here I am playing guitar, which I wasn't planning to do. Because <laughs> um, can it also do things like tell you where else to go to find more information? Because I found that that was the bit I was starting to struggle with. With, um, For instance, when I was looking up, um, what was I looking up? I think I was looking up like, music venues in a certain area and i was trying to because basically we had a hole on a touring schedule and i was thinking actually this might be a smart find me venues within two hours of manchester um on the way back to london i was trying to see if i could be really clever with it and it started to suggest them but it didn't really know what were concert venues and what were pubs and so there was like i realized i probably needed a bit more information but um what would have been really useful would have been if it had provided the hyperlinks to the venue websites so that I could have just clicked on them rather than having to Google each one. And like, is there things like that you can add to the prompt that help or? Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, kind of. So I would say, first of all, that's the kind of prompt that raises alarm bells for me again, because it's very much a factual lookup right. type prompt. And that, again, that's not where it specializes. That said, I absolutely bet you could have crafted the prompt and been more specific about it and, and got it to give you a pretty good answer. So. Uh, list a, list a bunch of artists who've toured the UK and, and say where where did they play right. in between these places? You know, so I bet you could have done that, um, but I think the answer probably isn't Chat GPT for 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 what you said there. I think the answer is the Chat GPT integration into Bing, yeah. uh, which is out for some users now, not me, but um, I'm on the waiting list like lots of other people. What that tries to do. Um, is to do everything ChatGPT does, but also search the web and give you URLs and evidence for the facts that it that it uncovers. So I think that solves your problem perfectly, which is a list of venues with URLs next to them. And uh -huh. um, I should say though, it also suffers from the same problems as ChatGPT. It also likes to make things up that seem plausible, so you still <laughs> can't trust it, but at least you've got the URLs right there that you can click on and check it much more easily. So I think, yeah, the Bing integration is where you need to go for that in the future, not ChatGPT. Great. Well, I feel like we've covered a lot, and I feel like 
I was what I was trying to do was to find some practical admin tasks that people have got, but I feel like I've sort of talked through enough of mine that we probably don't need to do that. Um, so I guess the the kind of final thing was, what would you suggest that someone that's that's kind of using it for the first time? What are the really key? Because hopefully they've listened to this, and if they've not been playing around with it while listening to us, that they might go away and start using it for the first time. What would you say are just like the really quick things that are either going to wow you a little bit or make you think, actually, this could be quite useful? What what sort of things would you suggest? Well, I think you hit on something there saying about wowing. And I actually made a slightly derogatory tweet a little while back about um, everyone's having fun and being silly with chat GPT, but, but there's lots of practical uses as well. And somebody I used to work with on BBC Earth documentaries um, replied and said, yeah, but this is how animals learn to use tools. They start by having yeah. fun with them, and then they kind of say, huh, there's something here. I can use this professionally as well, or uh, you know, in a useful way. So I had to admit I was wrong. And actually, I think you're right. Wow is good, and just play with it. Have fun. Be silly. If you're an artist, why don't you write some songs or, or, or get it to critique your songs or um, get it to explain quantum physics in the style of Snoop Dogg? Or, you know, be silly yeah. and have fun. And certainly, if you look back at when I first started using it, I sent poems to an awful lot of people in yes. lieu of emails or um, or formal notes because I thought that was fun and creative and silly. And then I worked out how to use it for more professional things. So the good advice yeah, to the, start with might be just have fun with it. Yeah, the silly thing I did was I got it to rewrite um, We Didn't Start the Fire, but if it had been written in 2015, and it started bringing in all these contemporary news stories and examples and phrases that wouldn't have been around when Billy Joel originally wrote the song and um, I think I got it to do things like um, actually one of the most sinister things I did is I got it to write a pitch for a Katie Hopkins column um, and it came up with the most like the, how the woke is destroying western civilization and it was like the most like clickbaity Katie Hopkins kind of column um, but I, I also quite liked just putting in um, like one of the things a lot of artists struggle with is writing copy about themselves and like and actually doing that we sound like these five things um and we are from here and these are the these are some of our successes can you summarize our band in three sentences and then go could you write that in the style of a music journalist or could you change like i got it to write a review in the style of drowning sound which was quite funny um of like an, a made-up radiohead album um and it's like those are the kinds of things where i found it was kind of oh okay this is this is rather than just talking to your smart speaker you're actually getting a bit more back from it um but yeah i'm i'm still i'm still waiting to have the like oh my god i'm gonna have to use this all day every day at the moment i'm using it for things like we were trying to set up some silent disco headphones the other day and i couldn't find any good guides online and i put in the type of speed type of things they were and what sort of things could cause interference and it started to then give me all these different like here's 15 different things to consider um which which i think was kind of how i started to find it kind of useful um i've not really asked a question there i've just rambled at you which is kind of what podcasts are for right if i'd asked chat gbt what how to uh, approach this podcast um i probably would have been told to ramble on on a podcast um so thank you very much for your time is there anything else um so people can you've got a book called prompt um and whereabouts can they people find you online to see your experiments yeah well i guess go to the book website so prompt.mba and the, the whole point of the book is 
pick some things that you're trying to do and we'll show you how to do them. And so very, very practical. So that would be my advice to, to, to kind of answer that question is like pick something that's a chore for you. And maybe it's a social media marketing plan or maybe it's writing a contract or evaluating a contract. Pick something that's a chore for you and work out how to use it. And my strong advice would be if it doesn't help, assume that's not because it can't, assume that's because you haven't got the right prompt. Uh, work it out and then you'll have this breakthrough you'll have this one thing that it does for you and then you can get it to do that every time and then you'll find other things so that would be my advice that's the basis of the book here's something that can do you should do do these things with it every time um but yeah and i'm very happy to help so if you want to uh, reach out and say look i'm trying to get to this thing it's lame it's not helpful it can't help me then tell me what you're trying to do and i will try to help i bet you we can make it work i bet you we can um, so maybe Twitter's the best place for that. It's my middle name, B-E-G-L-E-N for November. I'll oh, put it in the description. That's that's Yay. what podcasters do, isn't it? Thank you very much for your time. Cheers. Thank you so much. I hope you found that enlightening and hopefully very useful. Um, listening back to it, I'd realized there was quite a lot of things which I was realizing on the fly. Um I'm really kind of better understanding the platform just from talking it through. I feel like you basically listened listened into a consultancy session I got. So um, hopefully that has been as useful to me as it has been to everyone else. Um, and I think if you didn't clock it at the start, um, if you go to the Drown and Sound Substack, which is just drownandsound.substack.com, for our newsletter, you'll find a discount off of a special book, which was inspired by this chat. Um, we recorded it about a week and a half ago and David was like, wow, I want to put some of these prompts down and because they were already going to offer a discount off the, their book, but they've made it much more for musicians and artists and kind of created a version of it. I think there's lots of useful things in there and I've scribbled a forward in it too. So AI, tell me what you make with it. If you use ChatGPT after listening to this, send me some screenshots and some silly things that you've done. I'm at Sean in Sound on Twitter or Instagram or even LinkedIn if you're cool. And yeah, I will be back next week with another episode of the Drown and Sound podcast. If you enjoyed it, send it to a friend on WhatsApp, DM it to someone on Twitter, um, and hopefully they will benefit from it too. See you later. <laughs>